Hello, superheroes. Thank you for tuning in. This is our first video for the project superhero. And the reason that I started the project is because of one single person. And that's who we are going to meet today. He was a uh, chief marketing officer for Jigsaw Academy. He was a gamification. He's a gamification expert. He's also my mentor, my beloved <laughs> mentor. And uh, he is a great inspiration for whatever I did till now. And uh, he's currently working on a project to inspire uh, people and to give 50 talks about gamification in 2020. Uh, let's say hi to Arvind Sundar. Hi, Arvind. Hey, Prithvi. Thank you for having me here. And thank you very much for the very, very kind words. I'm trying very hard not to blush. So, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you, Arvind. Uh, tell the audience about who you are, where you started and where you are today. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Arvind. I've, uh, right now, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for quite some time now. And uh, I've lived a very long, well, long and interesting life. I've done a whole bunch of different things that most people are you know, just imagining and dreaming of doing. I had the opportunity to meet Prithvi during uh, my tenure at Toastmasters. He and I are from the same club, and he's one of the few people who've managed to kick my butt when it comes to public speaking. So... Love. <laughs> Go on. What else do you want to do? All right. Thank you. Um, so uh, the reason I started this project, as I told you earlier, uh, Arvind, because of your project called uh, Project Superhero, uh, where you give speeches about uh, uh, your ideas and thoughts every single day for 365 days. And I was totally uh, flattered <laughs> the moment I heard that you're going to make videos every single day. Yeah. And, uh, it was a great inspiration for me. Later, I was thinking, I I think I should do definitely something like this to uh, motivate and inspire mm -hmm. people out there. That's mm -hmm. the reason I started this project. This was in my mind for almost like six, seven months. And I've been telling you yeah. that I'm going to do this. And that's yep. why I kickstarted the project with your uh, interview at first. Right. And uh, now <laughs> tell the audience about what inspires you or what drives you every single day. Okay. Uh, before we move forward, just one small thing. It was Project Superstar. You're doing Project Superhero. Uh, no influence whatsoever and tongue and mouth, or, sorry, not tongue and mouth, what's that called? Foot and mouth disease as well. All right. In terms of uh, what inspires me, curiosity, you know? Uh, see, and this is something that I keep telling my, my cousins, my family, my friends, and all of them is that Anytime that we are faced with addition in life, there are usually, you know, uh, there's usually a safe option, something that we know is the right thing to do, and it's probably going to be turning out well. And then we have the other option, which is not necessarily unsafe, but it's the option that's going to give us a better story. You know, most of us, we live life as if we're going on a highway, right? And it's just smooth. It's just straight, just straight line. We know exactly where we're doing. Personally, I prefer my life to be a little bit more like uh, a roller coaster, if you will. I have tremendous highs and I have plummeting lows. And some people would say, but why would you want to go through that? But, you know, it's, 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 it's like... Um, I think Hunter Thompson said, right? The whole point of life, and I'm paraphrasing here, is by the time you reach the end, you want to say, man, what a life, right? So always the fun stuff, the story. And that's what uh, keeps me going. Great. Uh, that's, that's pretty inspiring. Now, uh, why did you left the job? You know, you had a CMO, ah. chief marketing officer. <laughs> Just yeah. curious to know, I've never asked this question, but I'm uh, asking yeah. here in this platform. Why did you left the chief marketing officer job? Well, uh, the first thing is... Um, 
the folks at uh, Jigsaw Academy when I left, that is Gaurav Vora and Sarita Digamarthi, they're the co-founders, the CEO and COO. They're like some of the nicest people I've met. And in fact, they were so nice that I actually remember I walked up to Gaurav, uh, the CEO and my boss, told him like, uh, Macha, uh, yeah, I actually said Macha to the CEO. Uh, Listen, I'm putting down my papers today, but I'm not leaving for another six months because I want to launch. And he's been... um, uh, a bastion of support, right? And he's been very, very encouraging. And if you look at why is it that I am looking or, you know, why I chose to do that is this this particular attempt, this particular attempt at entrepreneurship is my third or my fourth attempt uh, at running a business. I started my first attempt in college. Where, like uh, I wanted to train juniors for campus placements and that was a dismal failure. After that, I um, I did something called Fluid Fire Creatives, where I was like self-employed. I was running an agency. Then I ran another advertising agency called Croc Communications. And now I run this gamification consulting called Put the Player First. At each of these things, what's been happening is that I've been learning different aspects of business. I don't have an MBA. I do have a master's degree in um, corporate communications and reputation management. But every time I'm running this business, I'm learning something about myself and about running a business as well. This time when I wanted to uh, run this business is because, and this is my ultimate goal in life as well, right? I want to I enable um, at least a thousand people to become millionaires in India. And I want, personally, I want to have libido. Now, before you get freaked out, L-I-B-I-D-O is, uh, is, my, is my initialism for location independent business I do. My, my, my ultimate goal is that I want to be working just, you know, like pretty much like what coronavirus is doing to me right now. Just as long as I have a good internet connection, I can work from anywhere, right? So eventually once I get up to it, and that is the goal, I want to be able to like, for example, vacation in Bhutan and work out of there. There's this beautiful place in Bhutan called um, Nirvana Resort. It's in Paro. I think it's in Paro, right? That's the city name. And, you know, you could just get out of the bed and then you just open the window because you don't even draw the curtains because there's rarely anybody there. You see these mountains and they're just like just disappearing up into the clouds. You have a waterfall and you look out the other side of the window, you see this apple tree. The air is very bracing and you actually have to walk like 20, 30 feet outside the house to reach uh, the outhouse where you can use the washroom and all that. That's one life I want to have. And simultaneously, maybe the other end, go to Bali, live off the beach, uh, do scuba diving, at the same time, helping clients use, you know, whatever I can help, go by doing that. So I don't want to be tied down to one location. So that's why. Thank you so much uh, for that insight, Sarvin. Uh, the moment you said libido, I didn't get freaked out because I've heard it a lot of times in the past. <laughs> this is maybe. for the video people. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, talking about following your passion, I'm sure you had this, uh, you know, idea of starting your own business in your DNA. You want to do it, and it was chasing you. Uh, how important is it for someone to follow their passion? Hmm. Uh, there are there are two parts to this, and I want to unpack it like that. First is uh, it's it wasn't in my DNA. Okay, my dad's like uh, from a finance background. He's one of the most risk averse people that I know. And uh, no, running a business was definitely not in my my DNA. But over time, I realized that, uh, like I said, you know, I wanted to go after the better story. And you know, when your own when you are your own boss, there are like so many things. You're like, oh my god, how do I even manage this? But it makes for a very interesting life, right? And I think that's the key thing. Next bit is about passion. Um, personally, I am one of the. Uh, 
I have one of the most fickle minds that you can think of. Okay, I cannot stick to one thing at all. And I think at the heart of all of this is to realize that you have to know who you are as a person. Like, you know, I, there's a Latin phrase, but know thyself, right? You need to know exactly who you are. Personally, right now, I know who I am. I know what are my strengths. I know what are my weaknesses. I know that I have peaks of extreme productivity. Like I work for like 18, 20 hours a day. I work like that. I, there will be periods when I'm just vegetating in front of uh, the TV, you know, watching Netflix and eating Haldiram's Khatta Mita. I have both. It is true. I have both. But the important thing is this, irrespective of what's happening, because I know who I am, I can actually tailor myself around this, right? And when I can tailor myself around this, I realize that when I really, really do apply myself, I attain success. Now, success can be defined in different ways for different people. But whatever I get successful at, that's where passion develops. And I know this is, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think chasing your passion is pure bullshit. The other way or the healthier way to look at this could be um, this again, stuff that I learned off the internet. What is the problem that you want to solve? Because if you're looking at that problem and that problem is still there, you can attack it from like three or four different ways. So you're still working towards that one goal but you're approaching it in different ways. And as you're approaching, you become better and better. And because you get better, you are getting better results. And that develops passion. That's my take on this. Again, uh, this is not like the de facto thing. This is not how everybody thinks, but this is more interesting. Awesome. So uh, when you figured out that this is something that you really want to do and you have developed a passion towards it, how do you, someone take that first step? Because taking that first step is where most of us uh, think about and, you know, we don't want to leave our safe job. We want to be in that comfort zone. How did you take that first step and what are some of the obstacles that you had? Right. I'm going to share my experience at this time because this, this attempt has been the safest. Uh, first thing is, you know, have enough money to survive for about six months, seven months, because that's how long it's going to take for money to come in. And whatever money you have saved it, kind of like double it up because you have a whole bunch of unexpected things that are going to happen. And after that, I would say start phasing things out, right? Start testing things out to see how can you run like with this and actually do all the work that you possibly can before you quit your job. Uh, although that's the advice I would give, that's not what I had done. Uh, I'm like, you know what, screw it, let's go see what happens. Uh, that is because I have this uh, confidence in myself that no matter what happens, I will survive because I do have a set of skills that have proven helpful in the past. And that's what helps me out. Uh, I mean, I, like just in the past one year, right? I've done, I've done public speaking for money. I have done voiceover recordings. I have acted in an ad. I'm not going to tell you which one. I have done a lot of copywriting. I have, um, I have, uh, like, I have in like just a whole variety of different things, which are not what you set out to do. But everything uh, may not even move me towards my end goal. But they're still helping me achieve it because they're still helping me stay afloat. So that's that. But if I was to start over again, I'm going to say save up some money enough to last you for a year. In the meanwhile, prepare yourself uh, for whatever you're doing. Pick up the skills. If there's any learning, if there's any background work that you can do, get all of that done. Then you do that. So that's what I would say. Great, great. That's uh, two important points that we all need to uh, remember. One is to uh, save enough money just so that yeah. when uh, life doesn't... Uh, go as you expected, you have enough uh, options to survive and then do not take that uh, 
complete leap. Uh, so put, don't put all the eggs in one basket is uh, what you're trying oh, to say. I'm start. not saying that. I'm saying you can do it. It's okay. going to be a lot more fun, also a lot more stressful. So if you want to kind of you know ensure success, uh, just go with like, I have a safety net and I can go with this. All right, all right. Now, thinking, of, uh, thinking about the things that you do, Arvind, in general, uh, as you just said, uh, you were uh, doing stuff with public speaking, you were doing uh, your own business, and how do you manage your time? <laughs> my best friend is my Google Calendar. In fact, I don't even have a to-do list. Anything that I need to do, I just slot it into the calendar, and uh, yeah, just just go with it. I... Uh, but nowadays, because we are stuck at home and I'm working from home, I found that I need certain rituals, right, uh, to help me get in and get out of the, the mental space that I need to do work. So nowadays, I get up in the morning, uh, I, I clean up the house, like I just put away my daughter's toys, and then I do the dishes. My wife takes care of everything else. Uh, but yes, it's important that, you know, I, I, I do this, and then I do the dishes, and then I'm going to take a shower. And then I'm like, okay, now my, my mentally, I'm ready to say I'm going to start working. All of this happens, and then again at the end of the day, uh, I, I have a little exercise machine over here, the, the, the elliptical cross trainer thingy. So I do that for an hour, and that essentially signals the end of my workday. So that's about it. Apart from that, it's just Google Calendar and scheduling. Sometimes I use Trello as well. All right, scheduling the work that you do makes you uh, yeah. have enough yeah. time and do a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, um, Talking about communication or uh, in specific Toastmasters, uh, I'm really grateful that you, uh, you know, I got a chance to be your mentee. And I got I, lucky, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep saying this because this journey, I think close to two years now, uh, I can it's literally... It's been that long? Yes, June 2018. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, so the, the great difference that I uh, had as you as my mentor you know, I can literally see my life with Toastmasters and without Toastmasters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the uh, amount of awesome. uh, confidence that I got, um, you know, through your mentorship and the ideas that you share and the philosophies that I've learned uh, from you. One thing that I've noticed from you is, Arvind, you know, I see other mentors do this for their mentees is they just give advices. They give a lot of advices, but they don't really do that. But what I've noticed from you walk is you, yeah, you walk the talk and you generally just follow that and show it to us. You don't say that make videos and, uh, you know, try to record it, but you just record it so that we get inspired and do yeah. that for our, uh, <laughs> our uh, stuff. So that's something that I really love about you. And I'm sure all your Thank mentees you. uh, would, would feel, uh, you know, grateful to be your mentor, to be your mentee. Yeah. And now talking about those so, masters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, talking about Toastmasters, how strongly do you recommend Toastmasters for someone? On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I'll probably say 23 or 24. There's a reason for this, right? Uh, my first attempt at joining Toastmasters was almost 9, 10 years ago, okay? And I left because I did not want to wear formals. I know it's a dumb reason, it's, but it's, it's an honest reason, right? I've been to uh, Bangalore Toastmasters Club. They meet in Bangalore. Uh, near, there's an egg factory nearby, St. Mark's Road. That's where they meet. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to wear formals. You know, I, I mean, I was definitely younger, fitter, a um, lot more, uh, you know, uh, headstrong, and uh, definitely a lot more foolish. I'm, 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 I'm not too proud to accept that. Um, but what happened now was uh, obviously different. Uh, I think uh, 
it was about two, three years ago. I don't remember. It's been a, it's been a long time. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, but this journey has actually transformed me, right? And uh, in fact, it's given me enough courage to test out my ideas, to build up my confidence, build up a network, to know nice people, right? And I think that's, that's very important. Uh, in terms, I did have some speaking ability before. I'm not going to deny that. But uh, to shape it, to develop it, I am grateful to my own mentor, Aurobindo sir. And uh, I, I just like, it's just helps you blossom, right? It gives you that, that uh, what is that? What is that phrase I'm looking for? That, that, that proverbial soup that was there, right? Uh, in the beginning of time, right? From where life can emerge. It's a very nurturing, very safe, secure environment for you to test stuff. And eventually you will realize that one day if you've done your job well enough, your mentee is going to come up and kick your ass. So it does happen. It's going to happen to you too. Shut up. It's going to happen to you too. For the record, uh, Prithviraj is my mentee in Toastmasters, and he kicked my butt in the 2020 international speech competition with a wonderful speech called Thumbs Up, Seven Up, Never Give Up. <laughs> yeah. Now, I just came up with this, uh, you know, uh, funny uh, uh, gesture, like uh -huh. Thumbs Up, Seven Up, Never Give Up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you uh, for, for all your inspiration. It's, it's only because of you that I keep saying it. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, the... I'm, I'm going to cut you short here. Uh, this is a teaching moment and it's happening live on video, so it couldn't be better. Uh, in, in our culture, especially in uh, Indian culture, what happens is uh, we, we believe that modesty is a virtue. Okay. And uh, as a result, what happens is we tend to sell ourselves short. And over time, what happens is that affects our perception of ourselves. So I'm going to request you. Yes, give me credit where it's due, right? But I, it's, like, it's like I can take a donkey to the water. I can't make it drink, right? I'm, I'm, think of me as a multiplier, but you have that core potential in you. And if that wasn't there, none of this would have ever happened. I've had mentors who, I'm not mentees, who I'm, I've been exactly the same way, but they're just wallowing in self-pity. You have that. So, you know, give credit where it's due. You deserve it too. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Arvind. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. I've never uh, seen this in uh, that point of view. Thank you for giving me uh, that bulk moment again. Now, now talking about your, uh, you know, you said Indian culture has this and you've traveled across the world and just for the audience to let you know, yeah. he's born in Chennai. Uh, he studied uh, school in Hong Kong, then in US and UK. I've never been to the US actually. I've oh, lived in Kuwait. Yes, okay. I've lived in Kuwait, Hong Kong, Guangzhou, uh, and then within India as well, you know, Delhi, Indore, Aurangabad, uh, Bangalore, Chennai. Yeah, a lot of these, never studied in the same school twice. So. <laughs> So that's no, every the question that I was, yeah, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. And the question that I have is you've traveled around the world. Which culture did you uh, really, uh, you know, enjoy or which you felt close to your heart? Okay, uh, this is going to sound weird, but there was this old cartoon series called Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. In that, uh, it's unlikely. It was there in Cartoon Network <laughs> way before your time. You know? And uh, what happened was in that, uh, there was this uh, episode called Monkey Puzzle Man. And there the villain had the superpower where if he just shook hands with somebody, he would absorb the other person's superpowers, right? Uh, and what happened to and I, this is how I'm, I'm reframing whatever's happened in my life is that when I've gone to all of these places, I've picked up bits and pieces of different cultures that, uh, you know, 
like when you just mix up all of this, then you get what I am today. So if I have to look at like different cultures, like there are certain aspects of each culture that kind of stands out. Uh, one thing that I really, really liked about, uh, let's say like when I was living in the UK, I was studying in Manchester and I worked uh, near London. Uh, you know, they are very, too, very, very, how do I say, um, professional. You know, in, in the workplace, right? Like you just say it and the work gets done, but then it's just a given, right? So that's it. Well, whereas comparing that to India, we have the Indian goodbye, where the goodbye lasts like pretty much like half the meeting, right? So that's there. In Indian cultures, I really like the fact that we put in efforts to uh, bond with others, right? And to actually get to know the other person. Uh, I think that's a good thing. In Chinese culture, uh, pers personally, I like the fact that uh, the, the old people, uh, in, as, as far as I remember in China and Hong Kong, uh, old people don't think of themselves as weak, right? They still want to be productive and useful. And I find that to be very, very encouraging. Whereas in, uh, I mean, I've seen around like here, like the same 60 year old person is very fragile and weak, whereas there they're very, you know, brisk. And uh, I think it's a matter of mindset. Again, you know, I could be mistaken. But yeah, this, oh, and about Bhutan, they're always smiling, man. They're always smiling. And I think that's a very, very good thing. You know, they have the happiest uh, bunch of people, I think, according to the World Happiness Index. Yeah, so that's there. I think they call it uh, like GDP, they call it GDH, uh, Grass Domestic oh, Happiness. Domestic happiness, yeah, like makes that. sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Happy people. <laughs> Happy people. Okay. I've never uh, known that. And I'm definitely going to meet uh, Nirvana Resort. Yes. Yeah, I have it yes, on the list should. here. I will definitely uh, go to that place. Sure. Now, um, now let's shift gears and talk about the current uh, project that you're working or the business that you're uh, doing. It put mm -hmm. the player first. Uh, right. Let us know what is the business and uh, how can uh, people reach out to you to, uh, awesome. get to know more about it. Okay. So a uh, little bit of backstory. I've been a gamer for most of my life. I think I've been playing games uh, since 1993. So that's... That's like, what, 30 years? Damn, I'm old. Um, almost 30 years, right? So uh, I mean, games have been a very central part of my life. And it's not just video games, right? So video games, computer games, board games, you name it. I, I played a lot and I've grown playing up these games. And what I believe is that games give us a certain perspective into how we can look at life. And over time, as I've grown up, I realized that I've been using some elements of games subconsciously, right? Like, I mean, we do this as well. When you're going on a long car journey, we think that, okay, I'm gonna jump from the top of this tree to this pole to this tree again. We keep on doing that just to keep ourselves entertained. That is like the influence of games itself. Personally, I figured, and this is happening over the last six, seven years or so, is I started studying a lot more about human motivation, human behavior, and gamification, which is the concept or the art and science or design approach of making ordinary experiences more and more game-like. And um, I've actually designed an entire process for it. I have an approach where I take this process for any anything. It could be like, for example, for a Toastmasters club, you know, I've done it for that. For some companies which are launching their own platforms, for some apps, they're looking to make people behave in a certain way. I do that. I've even used gamification to bond better with my wife and uh, to get my daughter to behave in a certain way. Uh, like, you know, not to throw the milk down the toilet, for example. She doesn't like milk. So gamification has a lot of potential. And uh, that's what I do. Put the player first is both my mantra when I have to design gamified experiences. And I've made uh, an entire thing on putthepleyerfirst.com. 
where you can see the entire process, you can see that approach, you're free to use it. Or uh, if I could do a sales pitch, you're free to hire me as well. Uh, so that's one of the projects I'm working on. And the other one that you know uh, I'm gonna be sharing with the world for the first time, thanks to you, Prithvi, is uh, something called Epic Career Labs. Uh, yesterday, uh, as of recording this, today is the 2nd of April. Uh, what's happened is uh, yesterday I finished one year of entrepreneurship in this tent and uh, I've been working on a project for some time. It's gone through many avatars and it's evolved. And what's happening is Epic Career Labs is the first thing that's coming out. And what that is about is using the wisdom of games and stories and a lot of these other pop culture things that are available and using that to make our careers better. Right. For example, uh, if you've seen Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, everybody starts off on, on a magic journey, right? And then on the way, they meet mentors, they meet heroes, villains, party members. A lot of these different things happen. What if we could take the wisdom that's there in such an experience and translate it into our career? That's what I'm doing. So it's at the intersection of careers and games. And uh, that's a pretty big project that I'm excited about. So that's also there. If you want to check it out, epiccareerlabs.com. Great. Uh, congratulations, Sarvind, on your uh, one-year entrepreneurial journey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I've attended the webinar just for the audience, uh, Varnish. Uh, it was a great and uh, you know uh, insight that we learned about how do you uh, start your career and uh, you know just not go to the office just for the sake of getting money. And there's yeah. more than beyond just getting the monthly salary. And you will get to know, uh, I'm going to put all the link that you've uh, just uh, shared in the video. I'll Super. put all the links in the description. People can get in touch with you to know more about it. And gamifying looks really exciting. And I wish you all the best uh, for both. The Thank parties. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Arvind. Uh, what about the yellow uh, watch that you wear? Ah, so this yellow watch is um, almost like a trademark thing. You know, um, I, I love this G-Shock. Uh, I do we have time for that story or should I? Yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, this is Hong Kong, right? And this is, again, like about 25 years ago. There's this place called Chungking Mansion. This is back when, when like, you know, Indians were almost unknown in, in, in China or in India, right? So it's like a good 20, 25 years ago, way before internet. So in Chungking Mansion uh, was the place where all the Indians and the Bangladeshis and the Pakistanis would be. Funny thing is, whenever we go abroad, we all tend to like, huh, everybody's, you know, one, that sort of a thing. So my mom, my dad, my sis and I, we would uh, always go to this uh, one hole in the wall kind of a restaurant. Okay. It was run by two Bangladeshi chaps and uh, they would always, you know, cook like very, very uh, bong food, right? Uh, Bengali food, right? So they have like the mustard oil, the very pungent. So I still remember that. So right next to this restaurant, which is like literally like about eight feet across and maybe five feet deep, they have like plastic tables outside and plastic stools. We would sit in the corridor and we would eat, right? And right next to this, they would have this pawn shop. A pawn shop is where people will go and uh, pledge their uh, valuable items in exchange for money. And we would always, whenever we we would go there like every weekend to the to the Bangladeshi restaurant, right? And right next to that was a pawn shop. And in the in in the, in the glass facade of the window, there were always like you know G-Shock watches left. And uh, you know I understand that they are expensive. And what happened is they would always. Um, you know, they, they would always have the bright colored ones out there. There would be trumpets, musical instruments, and all of that. And I would always ask my dad, Appa, I want this watch. And he would never buy it for me, you know. And as I kept on growing up, kept on asking, kept on asking, he's like, no. And finally, I think about two years ago, I asked him, he's like, listen, uh, you're 30 now, 32 now. You should be buying this for yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm buying it for myself. And I got like the 
the the the the craziest color I could think of, yellow, which is you know definitely like a lot of energy and happiness and positivity, and it just stands out. So remember what I said about not taking yourself too seriously and always doing the interesting things. This is interesting. It doesn't get more interesting than yellow. So yeah, and that's how I wear this watch. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, you know, this is something yeah. that I always uh, wonder about. You always have a story for every little thing that yeah, you carry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Even yeah, I remember the umbrella story. The umbrella, yes. And I'll never forget. And for the umbrella <laughs> story, I'll put that in the link. There is a big speech about it. You can sit back and watch it. Yes. And um, now tell us about your family, your personal side. Okay. Um, well, I have one mom and one dad, so that's a good thing. Apart from that, I've been married for almost 10 years now. Uh, my wife and I, uh, funny thing is, uh, we were both studying in BMS, BMS College of Engineering, Bangalore, but uh, we met when I was simultaneously hitting on two of her friends when at a fest, uh, she was like standing right in the middle, right? So I was hitting on two of her friends who were part of the fashion team, and I didn't even recognize her. And then she found me, my wife, then she found me on Orkut. Okay. Orchid was a social media network before Facebook, right? And she changed her profile picture. I didn't know who she was. And she started uh, playing this weird cat and mouse game with me. And then finally, you know, one thing led to another. And we met at Crosswords Bookstop, which is now Sapna Bookhouse near Brigade Road, right? Uh, we both reached out for the same Calvin and Hobbes book because I didn't know who she was. And, uh, you know, I was obviously horny and I'm like, hey, she looks good. And, you know, I, I just like walk up and try to make conversation without knowing that this was her. And one thing led to another. Oh, at that first date, also, we went to this place called uh, Kalmanes Coffee. And I didn't have any money, so she paid. And um, ever since then, she's still been paying. So she's still taking care of me. So that's a good thing. I do have a two-year-old baby girl called Maya. And um, she's one of the most inquisitive, as well as one of the most uh, cherished things in my life right now. Yeah. No pets, though. I wanted to. I adopted a dog, two dogs for like one day, and I couldn't take care of them. I slept with them in a the garage because they were crying all night, so I went and returned them. Yeah. Oh. But if you want to adopt, there is uh, very good NGOs that you can adopt from. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing your personal <laughs> side. Uh, yeah. Maya is definitely going to be the luckiest daughter. I hope so. But, uh, when she grows up, please show this video to her. I will. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Arvind. Uh, so we're in the thank end you. of the uh, show now. I'd like to ask you one last question. Who is your superhero? <sighs> Dude, my superhero. Uh, no, remember what I said about Monkey Puzzle Man. I respect different people for different things. But if I had to select uh, one person, probably be Elon Musk. Yeah, probably be Elon Musk just for the sheer size of the uh, vision that he has, right? And that's, that's very, very magnetic. So I think, I think that's a big thing. But uh, like, you know, there are, there are things like, for example, Adolf Hitler, his oratory skills. He's a bad guy, no doubt, right? But his oratory skills are great. Uh, when you look at uh, Dr. Richard Feynman, he helped build the atomic bomb. But I mean, he's, He's 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 a polymath, so you know that's that's interesting. James Clear. I mean, there's so many people that you can look at. So yeah, but so, one person, Elon Musk. Awesome. Uh, so yeah. it's a, it's an Avengers group, not a single uh, superhero. <laughs> yes. Right. Talking about Elon that's... Musk, I uh, recently read his book, like close to five months, and uh, one really by Ashley Vance. 
Yeah, Ashley Wines. Yeah. The book right. that you gave, uh, just you know, for the audience, uh, the other day I got a call from Arvind and uh, I went down. Arvind said, I have a gift for you. And uh, it was two days after my birthday. And I went down, he was inside the car and uh, take that bag behind. And I opened the door and it took, there was 50 books inside that book. That Nobody was needed amazing. to know. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I've been surprises there, loud ones like this. And uh, that walk, that's what makes him special <laughs> and a superhero. Thank you, Arvind. Thank you so much for your time today. I really I value and honor uh, being your uh, mentee. And it's, it's a great pleasure talking to you today. Do you have anything else for the audience? Yes. Um, the gentleman who's interviewing me right now, Prithviraj, is a, is a man of many talents. He's very calm, very confident, very capable, and he has a ton of potential in him. All right. And if you ever want to look at the next superhero who's going to be there, it's got to be him. All right. Thank you for the opportunity, Prithvi. I really do appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Arvind. Uh, thank you, audience. Thank you so much for uh, sticking us till now. And uh, thank you, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow with another superhero interview. Bye for now. Arvind saying over and out. Bye.